You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is The Daily Social Distancing Show. Today is February 1st, which means it's the start of Black History Month. Yes, my friends, it's that time of the year when white people who are true allies gift their black friends a PS5. Do the right thing, guys. Don't be racist. Anyway, on tonight's show, Reddit traders are high on silver, anti-vaxxers are ruining things for everyone, and we introduce you to an insane Georgia woman who makes laws for the country now. Plus, Jeremy O'Harris of Slave Play is joining us on the show. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. All right, let's kick things off with the big snowstorm that slammed into the Northeast United States today, where some places will be getting up to 24 inches of snow. In fact, there was so much snow in New York that we couldn't go anywhere and we had to stay home all day. It was crazy. But while the sunny West Coast doesn't have to worry about snow, California is having some scary weather-related problems of its own. Amazing new drone video shows where a chunk of California's scenic Highway 1 collapsed after heavy rainstorms last week. Both lanes near Big Sur washed down into the Pacific Ocean. That landslide left a massive gap in the highway and a deep ravine littered with fallen trees. Thankfully, nobody was hurt there. Transportation officials have no estimate of how long it might take to actually fix that. Merchants say that collapse just another major blow to the area's tourism industry. Nah, man. If anything, I think a big hole like that is gonna help the tourism industry. I mean, just look at the Grand Canyon. They were gonna patch that up years ago, but it's so popular that they've never even bothered. Now, luckily, nobody was on this road when it collapsed, but they do have to fix this road ASAP because since we all have GPS now, I don't know how obvious that hole is gonna be, right? People are just gonna be like, I mean, yeah, it looks like a hole, but Google says we should just go straight, so... I mean, what's the worst that could happen? And this does look scary, but you know who did enjoy it? That panda from the National Zoo. Aww. If only we all looked that adorable plunging to our deaths. Let's move on now to the coronavirus pandemic. The only thing with more mutations than Rudy Giuliani. The big issue right now is getting people vaccinated as quickly as possible. And now there's yet another thing making that harder than it should be assholes. 
The Los Angeles Times says dozens of anti-vaccination protesters disrupted operations at one of the largest vaccine sites in the country. They blocked entrances and forced the inoculation center at Dodger Stadium to close for about an hour Saturday. Hundreds of people waited in their cars to get shots. Some city officials are calling for increased security at testing and vaccination locations. Whoa, these people in LA had to sit in their cars for an hour. How did they notice? But all the real though, what the fuck? Anti-vaxxers, if you don't want a vaccine, then don't get one. I don't agree with you, but don't ruin it for everyone else. Like we don't come interrupt you when you're busy dying of measles. Cause here's what I don't understand. Why does it always have to be the most ridiculous people who are the most fired up? Like why can't anti-vaxxers be like those Instagram models were last summer? You know, where they just post a black square on Instagram for one day and then never bring up vaccines again. But let's move on now to international news. 10 years ago, the country of Myanmar emerged from a half century of military rule to transition to civilian government. But yesterday, the military apparently decided that they liked it better the old way. Breaking overnight developments in Myanmar, the country formerly known as Burma. This morning, the military there announced that it took control of the country in a coup against the democratically elected government. It detained several politicians, including the country's civilian leader, Nobel Peace Prize laureate Aung San Suu Kyi. The raids came hours before a new session of parliament was scheduled to open and members who won the November elections were set to take their seats. The military alleges voter fraud in the November election. Oh man, Trump must be kicking himself right now. I don't know why I didn't think about using the military. Can I have a coup over? And here's the thing, I know it's sometimes hard to get Americans to care about another country's politics. So if Myanmar wants to get the US to pay attention, they should change the country's name again, this time to the Capitol building. Yeah, because if Americans heard that there was a coup at the Capitol building, then they'd at least care about that for like two weeks. But. I am hoping for the best for the people of Myanmar. And what this shows us is that maintaining a civilian-led democracy isn't easy and can't be taken for granted. When you think about it, civilians controlling the military is an amazing accomplishment in the first place because the military has way more power. You know, it's like the political equivalent of having a pet T-Rex. What did I say about jumping on the couch? Bad Rex, bad Rex. And finally, let's move on from the coup in Myanmar to the ongoing coup on Wall Street. Last week, you probably remember, day traders on Reddit shocked the markets by driving stocks in GameStop and AMC movie theaters higher than the Queen's Hay in Bridgerton. But now, Reddit has its eye on something even more shiny. The GameStop saga continues to grow. It's not just stocks anymore, though. Reddit users are buying up silver, pushing up the value of the precious metal. Silver has now hit a five-month high at nearly 30 bucks an ounce. That Reddit group says that they're doing it because big banks, specifically J.P. Morgan Chase, have been, quote, suppressing metals for a long time. Over the weekend, retail sites that sell silver coins and silver bars said that they were getting hit by unprecedented demand and they couldn't meet it. The demand has been incredible. Pretty much physical silver, it's almost all gone in terms of live inventory. We typically have about a thousand silver products uh, in inventory available for purchase. Uh, we're getting so cleaned out right now that we're actually, last I checked, down to about 80 items in stock, which is a, a number I've never seen before and never thought we would ever see. The entire industry is frankly wiped out. In terms of actually finding live silver that you can purchase and receive today, it's becoming impossible. <laughs> I'm rich, rich, I tell you. <laughs> That's right. 
right, people? Now silver prices are skyrocketing, which is gonna cause confusion at the next Olympics. I mean, if silver's more valuable than gold, everyone's gonna try and get second place. Sprinters will be at the finish line like, after you, man, after no, you. No, I insist, brother, after you. Man, no, I'm, you man, go. You, you, you I'm go. always going first. Bro, I'm always going first. You go ahead of me. Why don't you go ahead of me now? This time you can go first, right? Now, while some Reddit users say that driving silver prices higher will cripple banks like JP Morgan, others claim that this movement is secretly being coordinated by big Wall Street firms because it would help the banks. And I believe this because of course Wall Street will do that. When Wall Street sees a scam going, it doesn't try to stop it, it tries to join in. If Wall Street caught you robbing its mom, it would be like, hey! Hold her legs down while I take off her shoes. Sometimes she hides cash in there. Let me get in there. Let me get in there. But whether it's coordinated by the banks themselves or not, the fact is, the Reddit surge is now spreading from game stock to silver to all sorts of stocks. And one of our correspondents has a pitch for where it should go next. Are you a Redditor looking to stick it to the hedge funds? Well, forget about GameStop and silver. You gotta invest in Kiwis. I'm Desi Lydic, and Kiwis are the investment opportunity that Wall Street doesn't want you to know about. They're portable, they hold their intrinsic value, and it's easy to think you're ordering 10 from Amazon and miraculously wind up with 10 crates. Here's a fact. As far as we know, every single hedge fund is shorting Kiwis. And are we gonna let them do that to America's national fruit? I don't think so. But if we all buy Kiwis, then rocket ship. And kiwis are more than an investment. They go great in fruit salads. They can be organic truck nuts. And they're the only fruit covered in fur. So if you ever wonder what it's like to take a bite out of a hamster, now you can with kiwis. And the best part is, you don't even have to go through those Wall Street fat cats to get your Kiwis. Just call me and let me know how many you want, whether five or 5,000. But this opportunity will not last forever. Got maybe two days tops before it smells so bad in here that my landlord kicks me out. So order now. And remember, the more Kiwis we all buy, the more the hedge funds suffer. It's just economics. So call today, please. Honey, what did you do? I'm handling it. All right, when we come back, we'll look at one of the newest and most terrifying stars of the Republican Party. You don't want to miss it. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Last year's election brought a lot of new faces to Washington, D.C., but just like that kid at sleepaway camp who keeps wetting the bed, one of them may be going home early. 
Tonight, growing outrage at newly elected Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. The noted conspiracy theorist and ardent Trump supporter from Georgia is facing calls to resign and a long-shot bid to expel her from Congress after a review of her social media found in 2018 and 19. She repeatedly indicated support for executing prominent Democrats, including Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In a widely shared video from 2019, Greene declaring Pelosi a traitor, implying she should be executed. It's a crime punishable by death is what treason is. Nancy Pelosi is guilty of treason. She's called for the hanging of Barack Obama. She's called for the hanging of Hillary Clinton. Right now they're trying to expel me from Congress. Yep, they don't like... They don't like a lot of the things I say and do. Um, they're, tr they're, you know, it's a witch hunt. Yeah, they don't like the things you said because you called for their execution. They're not looking for a witch hunt. They're looking to stay alive. I mean, people, what kind of psychopath calls for the execution of America's leaders on Facebook? I mean, at least if you did it on Snapchat, it would be harder to find. Also, the puppy nose makes you seem less crazy. And here's why I take this assassination talk seriously from Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's got three names. Assassins always have three names. Lee Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes Booth, Neil Patrick Harris. That guy kills at every award show. So who is this person that might get expelled from Congress after less than a month? Well, let's get to know her in our brand new segment, Fringe Watching. Meet Marjorie Taylor Greene. In Congress, she represents Georgia's 14th district, right outside Atlanta. And in life, she represents some views right outside of reality. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she won her house race for a district in Northwest Georgia. She has in the past promoted that QAnon conspiracy theory. Q is a patriot. We know that for sure, but we do not know who Q is. People believe that Q is someone very close to President Trump. According to him, many in our government are actively worshiping Satan or they call Moloch. I mean, is it gonna be true that the child pedophilia in the elites in the Washington DC, is that what we're really gonna see come out? Is it gonna be satanic worship? Q is in the house of representatives. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is hardly the first member of Congress to hold some out there beliefs. I mean, Ted Cruz believes that beard is working for him. But QAnon is not just extreme, it's delusional, people. How are you gonna be in the government and believe that the government is full of Satan-worshipping sex predators? I mean, it must be exhausting to be walking around the halls of Congress, just constantly opening doors like, aha! Uh -huh. No, just a supply closet. Gotcha! No, just a copy room. Bam! No, that's my office. Man, I'm so lost. And it's not just QAnon. In fact, it seems like Green has a conspiracy theory for every letter of the alphabet. The Trump-backing Republican embraces completely false QAnon conspiracy theories, and in a newly uncovered video from 2018, claimed former President Obama is Muslim, the Clintons had JFK Jr. killed, and even questioned whether a plane crashed into the Pentagon on 9-11. It's odd, there's never any evidence shown for a plane in the Pentagon. Facebook posts have surfaced in which Green called the deadly Parkland High School shooting fake, along with video showing her harassing Parkland shooting survivor, David Hogg. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our Second Amendment rights? How do you get avid gun owners and people that support the Second Amendment 
to give up their guns and go along with anti-gun legislation? How do you do that? Maybe you accomplish that by performing a mass shooting into a crowd that is very likely to be conservative. Is that what happened in Las Vegas? Have you seen the picture of Ruth Bader Gingrich walking through the airport? Yeah, like like yes. the body double for Hillary Clinton. So it's interesting. Yeah. So I do not believe that was Ruth. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't either. Wow. Okay. So RBG has a body double. Hillary Clinton has a body double. This one makes it sound like everyone has their own body double. I mean, that's such a silly thing to believe. Yo, the weekend, they're onto us. Get out of there, man. Run! But the big question is, how did Osama bin Karen get elected to Congress in the first place? Well, it turns out she was lucky to be one of nine Republicans running for the seat, so everyone's attention was spread around instead of focused all on her. Kind of like how there are so many different kinds of Oreo now that you hardly even notice that one of the flavors is human flesh. And while some of the QAnon stuff did come out, mostly what voters knew about her was that she was a hardcore Trump supporter. And yeah, she sometimes sounded like a crazy person, but only in a comforting, familiar way. She's a former CrossFit gym owner who has had a few roles at her father's construction company, but really has no political background at all. America's the greatest country in the world. We need conservatives in Washington that will keep it that way. The Democrat Party is no longer an American party. They are now the party of socialism. They want to rip our borders wide open. They want to kill babies up until birth and maybe even afterwards. I have a message for Antifa terrorists. Stay the hell out of Northwest Georgia. Goddamn! I know which house I'm skipping on Halloween. And by the way, everyone's freaking out about Green's QAnon beliefs, but if you ask me, the scarier cult she's involved in is CrossFit. I mean, that's just just Scientology with jumping jacks. But yes, aside from the cult stuff, a lot of Green's beliefs are pretty typical for today's Republicans. But she also has a little extra something that makes the far right love her even more. It's racism. Marjorie Taylor Greene also has a track record of incendiary and racist rhetoric. There is an Islamic invasion into our government offices right now. If you want Islam and Sharia law, you stay over there in the Middle East. You stay there and you go to Mecca and do all your thing. And you know what? You can have a whole bunch of wives or goats or sheep or whatever you want. But that doesn't make me a racist because I, because I say leave the statue up there. The most mistreated group of people in the United States today are white males. On a now deleted Facebook post, Green questioned whether California's deadly campfire in 2018 was started by lasers beamed down from outer space. Lasers, she says, somehow connected to the Rothschilds, the Jewish-European banking family, the target of some of the oldest, laziest, most dangerous anti-Semitic tropes on the books, Jewish space lasers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jewish space lasers? What, is this lady just playing conspiracy slot machine and going with whatever comes up? Because here's my question. If you were secretly starting a forest fire, why would you use a space laser when you could just use, I don't know, matches? It's such a waste of a Jewish space laser. It's like using the Death Star to make s'mores. Yes, make sure they're toasty. And honestly, guys, if you're anti-Semitic, this is a weird way to try and get people on your side. Because when I hear someone saying, Jews have a space laser, 
I'm like, awesome, can I join? I will say though, it is impressive that Green has some wild racist theory for every group. I mean, no wonder she got elected. Cause she's like, I wanna be a congresswoman for everyone. Whether you hate Jews, blacks, Muslims, or filthy Canadians, I'm on your side. So that's who Marjorie Taylor Greene was before she started threatening to kill Democrats. And her calls for violence are nothing new. While some Republicans only came around to supporting an insurrection after Donald Trump lost the election, Green was rallying the troops even before November 2020. If this generation doesn't stand up and defend freedom, it's gone. Yeah. And once it's gone, freedom doesn't come back by itself. The only way you get your freedoms back is it's, it's earned with the price of blood. When we rise up, we can end all of this. We can end it. We can do it peacefully. We can. I hope it doesn't have to, we don't have to do it the other way. I hope not. But we should feel like we will if we have to. Okay, no guys, I'm sorry, but calls for a violent revolution (laughs) just don't have the same weight when you're streaming it from your hotel room. It's time for the people to rise up and take back their freedoms. Excuse me, can I get another towel, please? Cause I'm going to the pool. Yeah, thank you so much. Let's spill some blood. No, the cabana will be fine, thank you. So now that all these death threats and conspiracy theories have come to light, Congress is trying to figure out how to deal with Green. Do you censure her? Do you expel her? Do you use a secret Jewish space laser to distract her like a cat? I mean, one thing's for sure, while Congress tries to decide what to do with her, she's out there getting stuff done herself. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene calling on President Biden to be impeached. Just filed articles of impeachment on President Joe Biden. We'll see how this goes. What a letdown. Marjorie Taylor Greene came to Washington calling for executions, and a few weeks later, she's already settling for impeachment? Man, I guess Congress will turn anyone into a moderate. But you know what? I have a conspiracy theory of my own. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is secretly a Democrat. Yeah, no, think about it. She's making Republicans look unhinged. She's from Georgia, which we all know is a blue state, and she's a member of Congress, which she herself believes is a satanic demonic cult. Now, if I'm correct, and Marjorie Taylor Greene is a Democrat, well, that's great news for everyone, because that would be the only way that Republicans would actually wanna hold her accountable for anything she's done. All right, when we come back, playwright Jeremy O'Harris will talk to us about his groundbreaking play, Slave Play. You don't wanna miss it. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I had the privilege of speaking with award-winning playwright Jeremy O'Harris. His Broadway production, Slave Play, was recently nominated for a record-breaking 12 Tony Awards. So we talked about that, how he's trying to help keep the theater industry alive, what he's doing during the coronavirus pandemic, and so much more. 
Jeremy O'Harris, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Had I known you were going to challenge my fro, I would have blown out my fro, but I feel like you, 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 you snuck up on me. This is not cool what you've just done here, because I can do that, but I was like, I don't like doing that to people because then they feel intimidated, and I didn't think you were going to do this. Well, I mean, I did know that I was on an African man's television show. This is like vaguely political. <laughs> and so I wanted to like, you know, walk in the step of like, you know, past African liberationist, past pan-Africanist, and like live in a full 70s pro moment for you. I like that. I that's, appreciate that. I switched it up. You know, they also gave, they also told me that you've been wearing sweatshirts on this show. Yeah, and I wear so my hoodies. You wear like a, a hoodie. You're, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. I, I can't <laughs> <laughs> that's for me that felt like utter like utter like beautiful privilege like you have beauty privilege you have light skin privilege you have like the <laughs> porn. i'm like my mom in virginia is gonna be like what the hell is jeremy doing <laughs> with, un with like natural hair and like a fucking, um a hoodie on in the show you better be <laughs> i think i think you look fantastic jeremy I, I that's you know what you know what it is for me is like people often ask me they go like why are you wearing the hoodies what what is the hoodie about i go this is how i dress when i'm at home and i'm not in the mood to act like i have not been at home for a year Yes, I get to pop outside now and again, but we're all at home. So I'm not gonna now live in a world where I'm gonna be uncomfortable. Like I'll wear a suit outside because I'm outside, but I won't wear the suit inside because I'm inside. You know what I mean? So I, I, I will make my pandemic experience as comfortable as possible. And I hope you would do the same. You look fabulous though. I was, that's, that's a stunning jacket. Like that's a nice collar. That's a nice shirt. It feels like you. So what are you doing now? Before we talk about the play and all the accolades, what are you up to? I've been sitting at home wondering if I even know how to write a play, one. Because I think that, like, you know, a big thing for me is that, like, I I think about theater as, like, community building in a way. Uh -huh. Like, I like I think everyone's always like, slave play, like, you made it to Broadway. Like, how did you do that? Or, like, fuck you, you wanted to go to Broadway. I'm like, I didn't want to do any of this. I wanted to make a play for, like, my small group of friends in at Yale. So wow. I wrote this play my second year in grad school. There's three years there. My second year, I wrote it for my classmates. Um, and then third year, it was off-Broadway. Like, it was just like a really random um, series of occurrences. And, um, oh, God. Oh, God. Um, sorry, I got calls. My, my, my friend is <laughs> calling me over and over and over again. And I didn't know that that was going to happen. Um, that's really funny. Um, so that's freezing up our picture right now. Hold on. We'll, we'll get it back. We'll wait a second. It'll come back. I'm also just going to tell her that I'm... Um, wait... I'll call you back. I'm on The Daily Show. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> um, that would be a fun thing. Um, I wonder how many times that's happened to your guests. I don't think it's ever happened, actually. I've completely lost you. This is so weird. I didn't take the call. I think it's just because... Um, is it? Am I back now? Oh, there you are. There you are. You're back. Great. Great. Okay, I'm gonna do this and make sure that FaceTime doesn't come back. Because that's the issue. Turn FaceTime off. You see, this is fun. This is what I love about this. Now, now imagine, you see now, if I was wearing a suit for this moment right now, I would feel like something had gone wrong. But because I'm wearing a hoodie, I'm like, we're just, it's just happening. Life is just happening right now. You know, Broadway is one of the hardest, hardest, hardest places to get anything on. You didn't just break into it, Jeremy. You broke into it with a play that many would argue would never make it onto Broadway. It is one of the most risque things. So I went to watch Slave Play and 
I, I remember sitting there, and I won't spoil it for people, but I remember for the first like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I was like, this is the worst thing I've, I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> this, is this is horrible. And, and what was happening around me was, there were a lot of like racist jokes being said. There were a lot of, and I was just like, and people were laughing around me. And I was, I was really uncomfortable. I was like, wow. I was like, so clearly, I, this is not for me. This is for some of these old white folk. They're having a great time right now. And then the place switches. And then I started laughing. And then people around me didn't laugh anymore. And I, I remember the entire time, I walked out of it going, this, it's, it's like similar experiences I've had with like The Matrix or Devil's Advocate or just an experience that takes you through a story that warps how you're seeing the world around you. It seems like a play about interracial relationships. But then when the, when the George Floyd protests happened, people were using the play and using, you know, quotes from the play and ideas from the plays in the streets while they were protesting. Talk me through some of that. Like, it seems like it's one thing, but it feels like it's so many other things. What was slave play meant for you? What were you, what were you trying to do? Because it seems like it achieved everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a black kid who had been in white schools for most of my life, right? And like, you know, when you are that one of those few black kids who are in like predominantly white spaces, you tend to either be attracted to all of the, these, these groups of white people that will always make you feel like an other and never make you feel like you have as much worth, or you'll find the other black people that are in those programs and like form little pods and find little ways to embolden yourself outside of the sort of like psychic terror of being around white folks every time that you enter a classroom or walk down the street and um, having people always be like, can I touch your hair? Can I do this? And then like when the minute you say like, I feel like everyone's racist here, be like, I'm not racist. So like I wanted to make a play that ostensibly told all of those kids who feel gaslit by the systems and the institutions that they are a part of that like, hey, you're not wrong. Um, the people around you are racist, even if they say they aren't, um, or the people around you like are, are dealing with years and years and years of systems that, in the same way that you are, even if they feel like separate from those systems. Right, right, right. And, and you're not wrong to want to call it out. And for me, because Broadway was never the goal or never the option, I felt very, very emboldened to talk to the producers who wanted to take it there and be like, if you're going to take this to Broadway, it has to be for the same people that I wrote it for. Like, right. You can't take this play to Broadway and then be like, okay, now only white people who have American Expresses and can afford $400 tickets can come see it. I was like, the tickets have to be affordable. It has to be privileged. We have to privilege black people, young people, et cetera. And luckily we were able to do that, which was amazing. I'm not shocked that your play has been nominated for a record 12 awards. Congratulations. Like to have 12 nominations is unheard of and it's amazing. And I hope you win every single one of them because oftentimes when we talk about racism and systemic racism in society, we, we speak about it through the lens of like overt hatred, you know, but it is really hard to have these conversations with the nuance that it deserves when you're talking about it through the lens of love. The whole of slave plays about love. It's about how couples love each other. It's about how people love each other. It's about how families, how friends love each other and how race either adds a complexity or an added dynamic to that love. So, was that a big part of it or, 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 or why was love so crucial for you? Because when you're watching the play, at no point do you think that any of those white people does not love the black people that they're interacting with. You don't even not like them. You understand that everybody is being subject to the system. Well, I mean, it's because, I mean, I grew up in the South, right? And so in the South, there are certain things that are like very plain spoken, right? And that's why I like the South. Um, because like in the South, um, I had friends who I knew for a fact, like 
like adored me. I don't know if love was what happened, but they adored me. They were obsessed with me. But they'd be in a car and their dad and we'd be on a carpool. We'd be talking about, you know, Pokemon or whatever we we're talking about. Right. And then their dad would start whistling Dixie in the carpool. This is a real story. And they would whistle along. And I didn't know what, what Dixie was. But then I'd learn the song and I'd come home and then like I'd sing the song to my mom and she'd be like, what the <laughs> f- are you doing? That's, that's a racist song. And I'm like, what are you talking about, mom? And then my mom's like, you go back and you tell them that's racist. So I go back, I tell them it's racist. They're like, oh my God. Well, yeah, you know, my, 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 grand, my grandpappy did like fight for uh, the Confederacy. And I guess I am a little bit racist. I'm sorry if that made you feel weird. Anyway, you go on. When I moved to the North, I would be in situations with hyper ambitious other like like students many of whom were white who would say things or do things that were based on race or they'll be based on race so they'd be like well yeah jeremy might be the one of the smartest people here but you know he got in because like the reason he could get in right right right, right. because he's black or the reason it's like no one knows my sat scores are it's like bitch i'm sure i out tested you you know but like (laughs) they would say these little things and then when you say like that's racist they're like no it's funny i'm learned i learned this from tina fey or i learned this from you know and they'd say all these jokes that you know the the in the mid-2000s in the obama years and everyone felt safe comedy central nbc all these places were like built up around liberal comedians saying like racist things that made black and brown people feel weird, but they were told they couldn't because they were they all voted for Obama. And so I started to think a lot about how the most insidious form of racism is the kind of racism that we see uh, perpetrated by people that uh, like in their voting, like, that are liberals who like vote against policies that like yes. Uh, yes. protect young black and brown people. Yes. And so I, was, I became really obsessed with this sort of entanglement, right? A sort of like entanglement that is based around um, mutual respect, mutual love, but like wherein like that respect is hampered by um, being blind to the ways in which being socialized white <laughs> has like um, challenged, has made it almost impossible for you to like understand the complexities of any anybody that's not your own. I really do appreciate how you've created a conversation that is honest, that is heartbreaking, that is funny, It's funny as shit, man. It's one of the funniest things you will ever watch. And it leaves people, in my opinion, walking out going, man, I see the world in a slightly different way and I see the way I participate in the world in a slightly different way. And so, um, yeah, man, I would add even more nominations to your 12. I could talk to you for hours, but maybe, maybe we'll catch up on another day. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. And thank you for creating, Jeremy. I appreciate you, man. Can I just say one thing before we go? Of course. I know we have to go. The thing that the thing that I really want to say is that if I if we really want more people to see this, right? If we want as many people as possible to see this, we have to think about the fact that in America, theater is on its last legs. All of the arts are on their last legs. I want everyone to look into be an arts hero and the work that they are doing, and also to research the Federal Theater Project and the Federal Arts Project, which was one of FDR's like plans inside of the New Deal, where he made Federal One and put money into the art, the hands of artists, not just in New York, not just on Broadway, but everywhere, because the, the, the multiple billions of dollars that arts laborers bring to the economy are, ne- are necessary. And I know it's fun to think about theater as like that bad musical your son or daughter was in that you like <laughs> suffered through. But like, you know, theater is what made Fleabag, is what made uh, I Made Assure You, is what like helped make the the foundational principles of all of the shows you watch on Netflix, Hulu, yes. all of these other places. And if you want to make sure that there's a new generation of people who are still able to do that, who didn't starve while they were trying to do that, please, please, please ask your representatives to bail them out, bail all of them out, 
because like I'm a lucky artist. I'm fine. I'm sitting in like a gorgeous apartment right now. But there are plenty of people who are my peers, plenty of people who are above me, who have been inspirations to me, who are struggling to figure out how they're going to get their next meal. Because we've thought more about Wall Street bailouts than we've thought about the art, the art sector bailouts. And oh. those are important because they feed our soul. And they also help reshape how we think about America in significant ways. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll make sure we do that then. Thank you, man. Don't be a stranger. Look after yourself. I won't. I won't. Thanks, man. All right, thanks again, Jeremy. Now, in case you're wondering, Jeremy himself has curated a collection of plays by black writers called The Golden Collection. For more information about The Golden Collection, including how to buy it, please check out the link below. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, today is the first day of Black History Month. So please consider supporting Color of Change. They move decision makers and corporations and governments to create a more humane and less hostile world for black people in America. If you are able to, then go to the link below and donate whatever you can. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask. And if you're in an area that's getting slammed by snow, just remember, there are kids in Miami who never get any snow. So do a good deed and mail some of it to them. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.